So good morning, everyone. Good Good to see all of you here this morning and appreciate this opportunity to talk to you for a few minutes. You know, we pray for flowers and spring and we want the green grass and the new growth. But we complain about the rain and then we pray for the rain and we complain about the storms. That's just us. It's just the way we are, I know. But sometimes we can be that way spiritually. We pray for patience, then complain when a storm comes that tries our patience, the very thing that would cause our patience to grow. We pray for wisdom, and then when we have a trial that would teach us something, we complain about that. We pray for God to help us build our faith, and then complain when we have a challenge that requires us to exercise our faith. I've had a lot of car problems, but I've never had one burst into fire, but I feel like that sometimes. But, you know, we also pray to know God's heart, and then we complain when he sends us someone in need. Sometimes we just don't know what we're asking for. We don't realize what we have to achieve, what we have to go through to learn these things. We know we want God's wisdom, his patience, his love, and we want to know God. But are we willing to do what's involved? So today I want to talk to you about being thankful for the storms. What are the storms we face in life? These are trials, challenges, or temptations, situations we go through, difficult things that we face in our walk with the Lord. The storms can be personal things like sickness, financial hardships, job losses, relationship problems, family issues. There are also societal storms, things where We're at odds with the culture where society tells us one thing, but God tells us another. We need to understand that these storms are a part of this life. These storms, they test our faith and they develop our character. Some Christians fall away when trials and difficult times come. But we are meant to pass through these storms with God's help and come out the other side better. We can always use these difficult times to grow and mature as a disciple of Christ. If we fail the test this time, we can always learn to do better and succeed next time. But we shouldn't give up. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said we would face troubles in this life, but we could do so with peace. John chapter 16, verse 33 These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us clearly we will have troubles, but encourages us that we can overcome through him. So, where do these storms and trials come from? Well, James tells us that they do not come from God. The Father does not tempt us or try us. Quite the opposite. He arms us for the storms. If you look at John chapter 10, verse 10, you can see that Satan is the one that tries to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. 
John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us life, a real life, an abundant, eternal life. And then if we look at Ephesians 6, now Ephesians chapter 6, you can read all about the armor of God. I'm not going to go into all that, but just going to focus on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil so that we can stand against our foes, so that we can go through these storms that we go through. You know, when we become a Christian and we decide to follow the Lord, that's when the fight begins. The devil throws these trials at us to convince us to quit or to distract us. So what should our attitude be about these storms? Well, if we look at James chapter 1, verse 2, we're told to be happy when we have various trials. James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Realize that various just means all different types. And then if we look at Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it reminds us to have hope and be patient in tribulation. It says to be rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Tribulations are the storms and trials we face. We can see some examples in the New Testament, like in Acts chapter 5, where the priests had imprisoned Peter and some other disciples for teaching about the Lord. Now, there was a guy who convinced them not to actually martyr them. He thought it would be better that they not do that. And I've forgotten his name right now, but... If you look in Acts chapter 5, verse 40 through 42, and they agreed with him, that's the priests, they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they, this they is the disciples, Peter and the, the apostles, departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, for the Lord's name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Notice verse 41, they were rejoicing at this, at this storm that they were going through after they were beaten. And here, the cause of the storm was the religious leaders were against them and tried to stop them from preaching about the Lord. So this was their storm, but they didn't stop. They went on through it and they continued. And another example is Paul and Silas in Philippi. Now this is in Acts chapter 16. And there's a long story that goes with this. Basically, um, Paul cast out the spirit of a girl, a slave girl, that was annoying him, running along behind them and calling out. And uh, he cast that spirit out of her. And then when her masters couldn't make any more money off of that spirit that had been in her, they had been using it for whatever div divination or whatever to make money, they had Paul and Silas arrested. 
So after being beaten with many stripes and thrown in jail with their feet in stocks, what do we find them doing? Well, in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So they were praying and singing hymns, even in their hardship, even what they were going through, they were having an effect on others around them. And you know there's a whole further story with that. But this is a great example for us because people are always watching and listening. So how can we benefit from these storms? Since we're going to have these trials and these troubles, we should try to use them to our advantage, try to get something good out of them, right? Well, these storms are an opportunity for growth. If we look back at James chapter 1 and look at the complete sentence, which is both these verses, my brethren, counting all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. These storms strengthen us. They produce an enduring faith that is patient because we are trusting in God, our Father. He will aid us and he will be with us. If we look at what the Lord says in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2, now this refers in the immediate to Jacob and Israel, but realize how it applies to us. That's Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. We also have been redeemed by the Lord. Jesus redeemed us on the cross. We are called and we are his. And so he will be with us when we go through the waters and the fire, the flood and the fire. And notice the word is when, not if. We will go through the water and the fire at some point. It's not a matter of when. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So, but just reading these verses always strengthens my faith. But to really learn it and to know it and to build faith, I kind of have to practice using it. I'm, I'm one of those people that I have to do things. I can't just read about it or talk about it. I have to practice it. So that means when I'm going through a storm, I have to remind myself of this. I have to act it out and thank him for being with me in the storm. I need to be confident that the Lord is there and that no matter what is happening, he will protect me. Now, personally, a lot of times, if things get really crazy and I get too much going on in my head and, and maybe I'm super stressed or whatever, I, I pull up this image in my mind of Jesus being on the boat and just calm in the storm. And that, that idea, that image helps me. Maybe something similar can help you or maybe you do something similar yourself. 
The storms remind us, speaking of that, the storms remind us that we're not able to make it on our strength. When we go through a trial, we may have times where we feel it's hopeless, that it's too much for us. And Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when he's speaking about his thorn in the flesh. Now, whatever that issue was, it was something to keep him humble. But notice that the, what the Lord says to him, and then his response. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, this is the Lord speaking to Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, now this is Paul, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. As we go through these storms, we learn it's not our strength that matters. Regardless of how weak we may be in a situation, God's strength and grace are there for us. And no situation is too much for God. And storms remind us that God cares. When we go through a trial, we may feel unworthy of God's help. Why would God help me? I'm a sinner. I'm an awful person. Maybe I've done something terrible. But if we look at Romans chapter 8, down at the end of the chapter, we're asked a question. And then we're given an answer and an explanation. The question is in verse 35. Romans 8 chapter, I mean Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And then he gives us the answer in verses 37 through 39. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the simple answer to the question is no, nothing can separate us from God's love. And in all these storms, we're victorious because of his love for us. And notice that he takes the time to mention nor principalities, nor powers, the very things that we fight against. These will not separate us from the love of God. God wants to help us. That is why the Lord gave himself for us. And these storms also help us to mature and deepen our knowledge of God. Peter mentions this idea of growth by the word of God. I think we maybe just mentioned this at the end this morning of class. First Peter chapter two, verses one through three. Therefore, 
laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Since we have been born again in Christ, we should desire the word that we will grow in faith and love and wisdom. We should always have that desire for the knowledge of God. This knowledge helps us to weather these storms and trials that we face. And as we learn to rely on the Lord and his grace through the storms, we should grow and mature in exercising our faith. And that's mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 5, chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. As we grow, we need to continue desiring more knowledge of God. We must use and exercise our faith in these storms to become skilled and mature. And if we look again back at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he tells us that these trials, they test and purify our faith. Similar to the way gold is smelted to purify and get rid of different impurities. So our faith is tested and tried until it becomes pure and strong. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, two, storms remind us to not be complacent. We can't just turn on cruise control and think we can make it. Now, I personally like cruise control. Kim does not, but I do. I use it all the time. If I had autopilot, I would probably use that. I would probably be asleep behind the wheel, knowing me if I had autopilot. That would, be a, that would not be a good thing. But just, just to make the point, you know, we can't be that way spiritually. We can't be complacent and sit back and think we have it made. We can't afford to take our armor off and put it in the closet because things have calmed down. During the calm times, we need to be preparing, sharpening our sword, reinforcing our armor. Remember, there's always another storm coming. That's the way the weather works. That's the way the world works. As stated in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we must stay focused on Jesus. This life is a marathon. It is a long, sustained race. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, now that first part refers back to chapter 11 and the heroes of faith listed, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If we become discouraged or weary from the storms, we need to make sure we are focusing on the Lord. He paid that price for us and suffered through that for us. What was the joy set before him? The joy of our salvation, of eternity with God the Father, all of us. We need to focus on the Lord and remember that that is our goal as well. We can't let a little rain or even a storm stop us. We need to keep running our race with the Lord. For that reason, Paul calls our troubles here light affliction in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He's encouraging us to continue renewing ourselves in study and prayer, and that's what he did. If we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We renew our inward mind, um, our inward man, our hearts and our minds, so that we can see past the storms, past the temporary problems, past the issues we have here, so we don't lose focus on following the Lord or that eternal reward, those eternal things which are much more important and they will last eternally. These things, all everything here is temporary. Storms also remind us to be grateful and thankful for our blessings. All the peaceful times, all the good times, our family, our friends, the love of, of those people. And we're told in 1 Thessalonians to always rejoice, pray, and give thanks. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. These are simple verses that I really like. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Notice the words, always, without ceasing, in everything. It means in every situation, every day, no matter how we feel. It's not always easy. Sometimes when we're in a storm, the storm is all we see. But if we'll stop and calm our minds down and pray and give thanks for the blessings we have, then we can see to rejoice again. A grateful, prayerful heart is its own blessing. When we look at life through that lens of being thankful to the Lord for all those blessings, it changes us and it helps keep us from taking those blessings for granted. Finally, the storms and trials, they bring us reward in heaven. Eternal rewards that no one can take away, 
such as mentioned in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is telling Timothy that uh, what is in store for him on the day of judgment. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. We will receive a crown of righteousness, and it represents that right relationship, personal relationship that we have with God. And it is also a crown of life, as mentioned by James, chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And this is the abundant life in heaven with the Lord. So the storms of life, they're going to come whether we want them or not. It's what we do with them that matters. So be thankful for the storms. The storms, they develop our character. They're opportunities for growth. They remind us that we're not able to make it on our strength. We need God. They remind us that God cares. They help us to mature and deepen our knowledge of God. They purify our faith. They remind us to not be complacent. They remind us to be grateful for our blessings. And they bring us reward in heaven. So I hope this has been encouraging and helpful to you. In closing, I just want to bring us back to this verse and remind us of what the Lord says here. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came and gave himself that we might have abundant and eternal life. And that life can begin here and now with the Lord. He is our shepherd and he will not leave us alone in these storms and trials. So if anyone has a need for baptism or prayers or assistance in some way, please come forward as we stand and as we sing number 284.